0: I've always wanted to learn more about food additives and when looking at a food label, be able to know which are the worst ingredients and which we should really avoid. So I took a deep dive and I'm bringing you today a full list of ingredients that I think you should avoid eating and why you should avoid eating each ones and what foods they are commonly found in. Of course, I went to the experts on this one to really form a complete list and a list that you can remember This is not a massive list of every possible additive because that wouldn't be effective. You would never remember it all. These are the ingredients we see all the time, but we probably aren't sure if they were harmful to us or how much so and why. I'm breaking down the worst additives in processed foods, why they suck, and where to look out for them. Because when we consume good foods, we feel awesome. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Welcome back to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. Today's podcast is all about knowing what's actually in our foods, what we're eating and what we're feeding our family. If you listen to this podcast often, you know that I really think that everything in moderation is a good thing, but I also think that knowledge and information is also a good thing. So I approach nutrition like this. I think that we should eat on the regular for nutrition and to fuel our bodies and to feel satisfied and full and feel good, and then save those special things for special moments, some sort of special moment, not as much on the regular. That's how I operate and how I feed my kids and sort of what works for us. So I want to kind of preface this episode. I'm not saying that these ingredients are things that you should never consume another second of your life. I'm saying let's all be informed and let's know because I think I know a lot of times I thought I was making a healthy selection, but as I've learned more and more about ingredients in prepackaged foods, it wasn't actually a healthy choice. As we know, marketing and packaging can play into what we buy and what we think of the products that we buy. But I think it's so important to know what ingredients are. So that's what this podcast is all about. I did a super deep dive reading books and blogs and podcasts and really researching what nutritionalists say are the ingredients we should avoid and why. I want this to be a very practical podcast because when I've done this before, I download a huge list. I put it on my phone, and it's just like this massive list, and I don't even understand what half the words are. So I picked about thirty different things that we should really be avoiding. But I'm also going to tell you why, and I'm going to tell you where to look for them. Like, are they in cereal? Are they in bread? Are they in chips? Are they in sodas or dressings or sauces? So that way, you have kind of a heads up. This. Information is so interesting to me, and I think that as we grow and as we learn more, I mean, think about how much more we know about nutrition now than 20 years ago. It's always evolving, but I think just being informed feels so empowering. And then have the treats, have the splurges, have those delicious foods and the desserts and whatever you love – Uh, On occasion, but then on the regular, when you are eating for nutrition and fueling your body and trying to feed your family the best things, we know what's actually in the foods that we're feeding ourselves and our kids. I know for me, as my girls have gotten older, they're now eight and 10, it is much more difficult to get them to eat healthy and want to eat healthy food. So I really have to be creative. And also, I have to be realistic. I have to have processed foods in the house because. They're, you know, they see what their friends eat and they're not satisfied eating um, fruits and vegetables and lean proteins and, you know, brown rice and, and some whole grains and things like that. It's, you know, they're kids. I want them to to have the healthier versions of the processed foods rather than eliminating processed foods completely because I don't want to go so extreme that we don't have a good kind of balance because I've done that before too. When the kids were little, I used to pack their snacks. So we would go to a restaurant and I would pack their whole meal in like their little four-way containers. And my husband forever, I remember him saying, why are we taking the kids out if you're always packing their foods? And I realize now that you have to let them, when you do go out, since it's not every day, you have to let them try the different things, and, you know, uh, figure out what it is they like, order for themselves as they get older. So I do not pack their foods for restaurants anymore. And he swears that's why part of the reason why they are particular eaters now. But I think that's just sometimes that's just how it is. So I'm trying to constantly be giving my kids things that they want to eat. They're excited about their lunch at school, but also really being aware of what's in the foods I'm serving them and knowing what the ingredients are. So that's what we're talking about today. We are talking about the ingredients and the additives that are in so many of the foods we eat that we probably do not realize. Now, again, I did not want this podcast to be all these words and terms that you've never heard of that are super hard to say, super hard to remember, super hard to pronounce that you won't take away a lot of value from this podcast. So I have really gotten it down to things that we see all the time, like corn oil and corn syrup and dextrose and bleached flour, natural flavors, hydrogenated oils. Like, what does this all mean? And are some of them some things that we should be cautious of? Are some of them things we should completely avoid altogether? What's in them? Where are they found? That's exactly what I did a deep dive, and I'm excited to bring it all to you here. All right, so all these are additives in foods, so mostly in packaged foods and processed foods. These are all things that are commonly found on the labels and things that we can pronounce. A couple of these, I wanted to just know, like I'm going in alphabetical order here because I had a big old list and I needed to organize it. So I'm doing artificial flavors first, and then later we're gonna talk about natural flavors. Because you see artificial flavors or you see natural flavors and you like, what does that even really mean? So artificial flavors means that there is some sort of synthetic flavor made from proprietary chemicals. So these are used to make basically fake food taste like real food. It's not like a single ingredient. And oftentimes it's made up of a whole bunch of different ingredients, like a 100 ingredients, But they're all some version of synthetic chemicals or preservatives like BHA or parabens, things like that. Artificial flavors are found all the time in cereal, candy, desserts, soft drinks. So we want to be careful of this because it's kind of a big unknown. And like I said, the goal is for it to make fake food actually taste like real foods. Next, artificial sweeteners. So artificial sweeteners are things like zero calorie sweeteners like aspartame and sucralose. So you would find this on things labeled diet or quote low calorie or quote sugar free or reduced sugar. But even though they have no calories, artificial sweeteners have been shown to contribute to weight gain because they really encourage sugar cravings. Research finds that they stimulate your appetite increase sugar cravings, promote fat storage and weight gain. I read about this study at the University of Texas that discovered that drinking sodas made the art- made with artificial sweeteners will expand your waist girth, which is a risk factor of course for type 2 diabetes. So, when you eat something sweet, even if it has no calories, your brain is tricked into wanting more calories. Because your body is not getting enough energy, like calories, to be satisfied. So you keep craving sweets, eating sweets, and gaining weight. That's why a lot of people never reach their full health potential or weight loss goals because they're constantly being pushed around by these chemical artificial sweeteners that trick the brain and trick the body. So that's the hard part about artificial sweeteners. Next, aspartame. Aspartame is an artificial sweetener like NutraSweet. It's found in diet drinks, protein shakes and powders, yogurts, a lot of sugar-free, quote-unquote sugar-free products, fruit cups. We wanna avoid aspartame because it's linked to an increase of brain tumors, leukemia, heart disease. This study showed that replacing sugar with aspartame simply increased hunger and the subjects compensated by eating more calories. So aspartame is one of the ones that can make food sound better, sugar-free diet, but can actually be worse. Next up, blue number one. This is an artificial blue dye derived from petroleum. So interesting. When I was reading about these, and we're gonna get into some others, we're gonna get into some blues, some reds, and some yellows, and I've never really known. You just figure that the, the dyes are in a lot of things but I just didn't really realize what they were. So blue number one, which is often called brilliant blue, is commonly found in candy, gum, popsicles, marshmallow, fruit snacks. This is one of the worst artificial colors because it has been shown to cross the blood-brain barrier. According to a testimony, I read this study about an FDA committee meeting, The FDA asked doctors to stop adding blue number one to tube feedings because patients were dying, not from the disease, but from blue number one, which caused refractory hypotension and turned their colons bright blue. So this dye is not a good one. And it's also linked to hyperactivity and an increased risk of kidney tumors. It's just one of the worst. And it's in so many things. Um, the molecules of these synthetic colorants are so small and the immune system finds it difficult to defend the body against them. So it can really disrupt the immune system. So that's blue number one, also called brilliant blue, this artificial blue dye, again, that was actually shown for these patients who are getting it to turn their colons bright blue. It's just too hard on our system. Next up is canola oil. Canola oil is a refined cooking oil, and it's often found in box mixes, bakery items, desserts, dressings, sometimes in crackers or snack foods. Canola oil, and the reason why it's not good for us is because it goes through an insane amount of processing before it ends up in a bottle. So this processing could include chemical solvents, Uh, neutralizers, bleach, and deodorizers. It just goes through so much processing. So it's just not great. Research has also found that some trans fat in canola oil has... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, Audrey, starting this one over again. Next up is canola oil, which is a refined cooking oil. Canola oil is found in boxed mixes, in bakery items, lots of times in desserts or dressings, sometimes in crackers or snack foods. The problem with canola oil is that it goes through an insane amount of processing before it ends up in the bottle. So processing with chemical solvents or with steamers or neutralizers or bleach and deodorizers, it's just too much processing. And so it really, really is hard on our body. And it's just been um, engineered with GMOs. And sometimes there's hidden trans fats in them that aren't on the label. Canola oil is a big one. Canola oil is a big one that we want to avoid. Next up is caramel color. So this is a brown food coloring. And I've seen caramel color before, and it doesn't sound that bad, but it is. So this is often found in pancake syrup, in soft drinks, cereal, sometimes in soups or deli meats. There are four different types of caramel color used by the food industry, and, but the label will only say caramel color. So you're not sure which, what you're actually getting. It really just has no nutritional benefits and is only used to cosmetically improve the appearance of food. And a lot of times it's added unnecessarily to food and drinks that are naturally brown. So the worst of these, the worst of the caramel colors can be pretty bad. And different studies have shown that ingestion of it can lead to cancer in mice. Again, It's all hard to trace back, but the problem is, is caramel color can be four different types and you don't know which one. So that's why it's a good one to avoid altogether. Next up is cellulose. So cellulose is an anti-caking agent and sort of a thickener, but here's the problem. It's usually made from wood. It's used to bulk up food. So it's kind of like a fake fiber. I feel like I see cellulose in a lot of things. It's often in sh- shredded cheese, in pizza, spice mixes, again, in pancake syrup. Sometimes it's in foods that are labeled as high fiber or added fiber. Cellulose is much cheaper to obtain from wood than obtained from vegetables. So the food industry uses wood byproducts to make it cellulose. So cellulose can also come from vegetables, but will be listed on the label as such. And it's really rare. Research leads consumption of this additive of cellulose when it's not not the naturally occurring form to weight gain, inflammation, and digestive problems. So that's why we want to avoid cellulose. Next up is citric acid. Citric acid is a preservative and a flavor sort of has a sour taste. So it's often in energy drinks, in flavored chips, canned tomatoes, candy, baby food. And although citric acid is naturally found in lemon and other fruits, the additive that we're talking about using packaged foods is typically derived from mold made with GMO corn, not from fruit. So frequent consumption of citric acid is linked to increased tooth decay and can also really irritate the gut. So that's citric acid. Let's talk about another oil. Corn oil is another refined cooking oil found in lots of things. Chips, frozen meals, cookies, sausages, snack mix, crackers, microwave popcorn, canned soups, oftentimes in chili. This is one of those oils that just goes through such an insane amount of processing that it's just not good for you. It often comes from GMO corn unless it is non-GMO project verified or organic. But in general, it's just, again, kind of like the oil that we talked about earlier, um, like, like canola oil. It's just gone through such an insane amount of processing with bleach and deodorizers before it's actually bottled up that it's just not good for us. Next up is corn syrup. So corn syrup is a heavily processed form of sugar made from corn. So we want to avoid this because this refined sugar has no nutritional value and it's typically made from GMO corn that produces its own insecticide unless it's organic or non-GMO project verified. You find corn syrup in lots of things like sauces, crackers, desserts, pies, again, pancake syrup, heavily processed form of sugar made from corn. So that's why we want to avoid corn syrup when possible. Another oil you see sometimes is cottonseed oil. Cottonseed oil is another refined cooking oil. And this oil is made from a byproduct of the industrial waste from the, co- from the cotton farming industry, which isn't a food crop. This is often found in fries in fried food and chips and baked goods. It's just one of the, again, requires so much processing, often has residues from pesticides from when it's being harvested. To extract the oil, the cotton seeds are subjected to such intensive chemical refining, again, with the bleach and the deodorizers that by the time you get it, it's just so processed and so refined. It's just not good for your body. Next up is dextrose. So dextrose is a heavily processed form of sugar, again, usually made from corn, and it's also used as a filler. So you'll find it in chips, artificial sweeteners, frozen meals, lots of mixes, like baked mixes, cake mixes, cookies, cereal, sometimes in beef jerky, like meat sticks. Dextrose, again, is a refined sugar with zero nutritional value, typically made from GMO corn, unless it's labeled otherwise. So that's why we wanna avoid dextrose. Okay, next, we're talking about flours. Enriched flour and bleached flour. I see these all the time and it's in lots of things. Sandwich breads, buns, rolls. I mean, really any starch, you're gonna see it in lots of baked goods. And I always wonder how bad it is. Is there a difference? It's basically a heavily processed flour with synthetic vitamins and minerals added. So enriched sounds like enriched is overall a pretty positive word, but not in this case. Flour can be treated with any of the 60 different chemicals approved by the FDA before it ends up on store shelves, including chemical bleach. The way that all this is processed really destroys the nutrients that otherwise exist in flour, like vitamin E and fiber there's no nutritional value and is essentially dead food. So they enrich it with synthetic vitamins like niacin or reduced iron, things that are not from nature. Wheat has to be really heavily processed to make it easy for the food industry. And it's believed that this is increasing the numbers of celiac disease. And they're often sprayed with herbicides, herbicides. Um, it's just in everything. And one of those things we really want to avoid just because it's so heavily processed, there's so many chemicals involved and there's no nutritional value and has lots of synthetic things often pumped in them. So again, found in lots of breads and rolls and baked goods. Next up is erythritol. So this is a sugar alcohol and a low calorie sweetener. And it can wreak havoc on healthy gut bacteria, which can lead to a whole host of diseases. So if you're trying to stay slim or lose weight, keeping your gut healthy is everything. Erythritol can cause diarrhea, stomach upset, headache, even when just consumed in quote normal amounts, just because it is so artificial, again, it's just not good for the body. And although it's a natural, it's a sugar naturally occurring sometimes in fruit, food manufacturers usually, unfortunately, don't use the natural stuff. Instead, they usually start with GMO corn, and then they put it through a complex fermentation process to come up with chemically pure erythritol, oftentimes found in diet drinks and sodas, yogurt, pudding cups, and stevia products. So that's one we definitely want to avoid. Next up are all the gums. Gargum is the one I see the most, and it is a thickener. I have the craziest experience with gargum. When I was first diagnosed with SIBO, we found out that I have bacteria in my intestines where it shouldn't be there, and I had to do sort of this detox plan to try to get rid of my SIBO. I am still battling it, but it's crazy. I had to actually make buy gargum, mix it with water into this thickener. Like it's just like, I'm telling you after doing this, I will never eat gargum in anything. Um, Unless it's like the last ingredient, like the siete tortillas that I love, the almond flour tortillas or the coconut flour tortillas, it's the last ingredient. And sometimes you need a tiny bit of thickener. And I think it's such a small amount, it won't do anything, but it's, you put it, uh, when I put, had to put it in water and drink it, and basically what it was doing is almost like leaving, if you're trying to catch a mouse in your house, leaving cheese out, and so that the SIBO, to help kind of attack the SIBO and get rid of it, so I had to put this gross stuff in my body, and it was just like, oh, the worst thick, like kind of a clear milky white sludge to drink. It was awful. Um, it worked a little bit, but these gums like gallon gum or locust bean gum, like I said, gargum the one I see the most. These are all thickeners and these ingredients are known to cause lots of stomach issues like bloating and gas, especially if you have a sensitive digestive system. So look for this in almond milk, coconut milk, soy milk, lots of times in the non-dairy milks, also in ice cream and in cottage cheese. I know a lot of products need thickeners in order to actually work, but if you can reduce the amount of gargum you consume, I'm telling you, especially if you have a digestive, a sensitive digestive system, it will really, really help you out and help you just feel better on the daily. All right, let's talk about fructose. High fructose corn syrup is a heavily processed sweetener made from corn starch. It contains more fructose than regular corn syrup. So high fructose corn syrup is found in everything, soft drinks, pancake syrup, barbecue sauce, ketchup, cookies, breads gr- breads and buns, frosting and pies. High fructose corn syrup is one of those that is on my like, never, ever, ever will I buy anything. I don't care if it's the last ingredient, never. It just is found to increase appetite, the risk of weight gain, type two diabetes, heart disease, cancer, dementia. It's really not great. One study also found it can be contaminated with toxic mercury. Now, I'm not an alarmist. I never want to put out information that is like, I don't know, making us all fearful. And I always think I'm, you know, I never know. There's no way to know for sure, right? I just like to bring the information and... and present different studies and different findings and what different people say and nutritionalists have found. And I think it's really interesting. So when I say things like it could be contaminated with toxic mercury, my point is definitely not to alarm, but just to inform you, well, Like, why are these actually harmful? Why do they not make us feel good when we eat these foods? That's why. Because it's heavily processed, often more fructose than regular corn syrup. So let's talk about fructose or fructose syrup. So, fructose or fructose syrup are heavily processed sweeteners made from cornstarch. So, again, in yogurt, in cereal, lots of times they're in granola bars and potato chips. It's just an overload of fructose, is really what it is. And it just causes so many problems weight gain and cardiovascular disease. And fructose. So many people try try to say that fructose is natural and comes from fruit, but the problem is, is most of the time, it's just derived, it's processed so much, and it's derived from GMO corn, which is not a good thing. So we need to look out for high fructose corn syrup and also fructose or fructose syrup, because a lot of times the labels can be a little bit misleading And you might not see high fructose corn syrup, you might just see fructose or fructose syrup, but really it all falls into the same category. Next up, MSG. MSG is an artificial flavor enhancer, most commonly found in Chinese foods. I remember growing up and my mom would say, okay, we can get fast. We can get quick pickup of Chinese food, but it has to say no MSG in the window. And we, would, we there was a couple places by us that would have a light up neon sign that said no MSG. And so this is found in Asian food lots of times, sometimes in frozen meals, chips, soups, sometimes in rice mixes and pasta mixes. But it makes you eat more than you should. It is purely used to increase food cravings and sort of makes it irresistible. MSG is linked to headaches, obesity, depression, and mental disorders. It's one of those like ones that really can affect not just your gut, but your brain too. And it's also found to excite the brain cells to death which I thought was really interesting. When I was reading about MSG, I was like, wow, there is a lot of things that people are saying that um that can lead lead to really like neurodiseases later on. So, MSG, artificial flavor enhancer that we want to avoid. Okay, so what does natural flavors mean? Natural flavors means flavors made from a proprietary mixture of chemicals derived from anything in nature. So the natural flavors, quote unquote, natural flavors are in almost all processed foods. The only difference between natural and artificial flavors is that the natural flavors are derived from things found in nature. So natural flavors are used to make fake food taste real. Every flavor can contain up to 100 ingredients, including synthetic chemicals, as well as GMO, derived ingredients unless it specifically says organic or non-GMO. And so these flavors can also include toxins or MSG, things that cause your taste buds to experience like that irresistibility when it comes to food. So natural flavors we have to be aware of because it sounds so much better than other things, but it's basically this mixture of chemicals derived from anything in nature. Next up, we're talking about partially hydrogenated oils. So this is an oil that has been solidified with chemical processing and usually made with GMO GMO soybean, cottonseed oil, or canola oil. This is often in baked goods, frosting, non-dairy creamers, cookies, and crackers, highly linked to an increased risk of type 2 diabetes and heart disease. The FDA allows any product that is labeled zero grams of trans fat to contain up to 0.5 grams of trans fat per serving plus other additives containing trans fat. So these are basically artificial trans fats that have no known health benefit and experts say there is no safe level to eat of artificial trans fats. So that is your partially hydrogenated oils also known as artificial trans fats. So these are oils solidified with chemical processing, usually made with GMO oils. Not good, not good people. I swear, this. Is, I promise this is not a depressing topic as I, I feel like I'm saying all the negatives, but here's the thing, information is power and we wanna know so we can make the right decisions and we can read a label in an educated way. All right, we're getting down to the end. Let's talk about some reds. So, red number 3 and red 40 are both artificial red dyes derived from, are you ready? petroleum. So, these the interesting thing is these are often banned in cosmetics. In 1990, red number 3 was recognized as an animal carcinogen and it was banned from cosmetics. But The FDA still allows it to be in food. So it's used for coloring, strawberry milk, the cherries that you put in sundaes, sometimes the casing of sausage. Same thing with red 40. Again, artificial red dye derived from petroleum. This is the most popular artificial color, hands down used in the US. And it's also linked to hyperactivity in children. I read lots and lots of studies that said, and even in Europe in, that, that, that really showed that this was true, but listen how crazy this is. In Europe, any food containing red 40 has to have the warning label, label, and I quote, may have an adverse effect on activity and intention in children, end quote. So crazy. This is why many food companies use natural colors in Europe instead because they don't want to put this on the label. Now, some research that is controversial says that this dye can accelerate the appearance of tumors. Again, no nutritional benefits. It's only used to cosmetically improve the appearance of food. Any artificial colors can disrupt the immune system. And again, sometimes the molecules of these synthetic colorants are so small that it's really hard for our immune system to defend the body against them. Red 40 is found in soft drinks, candy, cake, frostings, cookies, fruit cups, sometimes in fillings like cherry fillings, of course, you know, trying to get that red color. Popsicles, toaster pastries, cereal bars, ice cream, yogurt, drink mixes. That's red number 40. Let's talk about another oil. So we're talking about soybean oil, which is another refined cooking oil, also known as vegetable oils. This is one of the most unhealthy oils out there, which increases the risk of inflammation, cardiovascular disease, cancer, obesity, autoimmune disease. It is almost always made from GMO soybeans unless it's labeled otherwise. And when researchers tested these GMO soybeans, they found that they contained such high levels of residues of herbicides compared to non-GMO soybeans. It has been deemed as a probable carcinogen by the World Health Association and is also linked to kidney disease, birth defects, and even autism. Again, to extract the oil, the soybeans are typically subjected to this intense chemical refining with the bleach and the deodorizers, so by the time it's bottled, it is just so processed that it's not good for you. Soybean oil, also known as vegetable oil, is found in salad dressings, crackers, cookies, baked goods, trail mix, oftentimes in potato chips, frozen meals or frozen desserts, buns, soups, sauces. Oh, that soybean oil is in lots of things. And again, these refined cooking oils, we really, really want to avoid. Next, let's talk about soy protein. So soy can cause hormonal disruptions. And a lot of times you really have to look carefully at your protein powders or your protein shakes, protein bars, things that we think of as really healthy. But soy protein is heavily processed protein supplement made from soy flour that has the fiber, fat, and nutrients removed. It's almost always made from those GMO soybeans. So we really want to try to avoid that soy protein that can be found in, again, our protein powders and shakes and bars that sounds healthy, but really you could pick a better form of protein that's not so heavily processed. Next up is sucralose. So sucralose is Splenda, like Splenda. It's an artificial sweetener, but it's made by chlorinating sugar. So it's found in gum, diet sodas and diet drinks, iced tea, yogurt, pudding, fruit cups. Independent animal research links sucralose to leukemia and other blood cancers. It's also been shown that artificial sweeteners are doing very little to help people lose weight and are actually linked to weight gain. So sometimes these artificial sweeteners like Splenda, we think are helping us, but really are hurting us. Another one that's interesting, because when I see Stevia, I think Stevia is a lower calorie sweetener, a great alternative. But if you see Stevia extract, it is not the same as whole leaf stevia. Like picture whole leaf stevia as like what you would grow in your backyard. The extract can be really highly processed and sometimes it goes through 40 steps to process the extract from the leaf. So it has to rely on chemicals and some of these chemicals are known as carcinogens. So you wanna look for whole leaf stevia or an extract that contains no additional additives at all. Sometimes this stevia extract is in soft drinks or coconut water, protein drinks, protein bars, juice, yogurt. That's a really interesting one because that's one I had no idea. Stevia extract to me was the same as as stevia. But if you're a And again, I feel like this one is not as problematic as some of the other ones we're talking about, but it's really important because you could be choosing this and thinking that it's completely a healthy option when really you need that whole leaf stevia or something similar to not be intaking a super processed low calorie sweetener. Next up is tapioca starch. So tapioca starch can be hard to avoid completely on a gluten-free diet, but it's something to be aware of and to limit on the diet. It is a starch often used to replace wheat in gluten-free food. So it's super high in carbs, but really doesn't contain much fiber or fat or protein or vitamins and minerals. It's basically kind of like empty calories. The problem with this is it can spike blood sugar even more sometimes than refined sugar does. So keep an eye out and try to limit the amount of tap- tapioca starch that you take in. So this can be found in, I mean, basically every, everything gluten-free. Gluten-free bread, gluten-free tortillas, gluten-free baked goods, gluten-free crackers. A lot of times it's replaced with that tapioca starch, high in carbs and very little actual nutritional value. Next up is a food color used to brighten and whiten. It's titanium dioxide. So this is found in yogurt, cottage cheese, powdered sugar, you know, all these like beautiful white foods, marshmallows, mayonnaise. And basically, um these microscopic particles of titanium dioxide are sometimes used to make white foods even whiter and brighter, but it's not even always labeled this way. Again, it is super, super processed. Really high uh, in your GI tract, and it can really change your digestive cell structure. Um, some studies say that these are that titanium dioxide, these food colorings, can be even worse than things that you that are really well known to because it causes cell damage and things we don't even really yet understand. So again, these food colorings can be so hard on the body and titanium dioxide is one to look out for because it's used to make foods whiter, to make them look brighter and whiter. Another one that I did not know about was vanillin. Have you heard of vanillin? This is an artificial flavor. It's basically imitation vanilla, but it's it's made from chemicals and wood pulp. So it's used in, it's found in milkshakes, ice cream, yogurt, protein shakes, candy, but it's a fake food and it has an artificial flavor. So it tricks your brain into believing that you're eating real vanilla, but it doesn't contain the antioxidants found in real vanilla that are good for the body. So again, it's one of those imitations that is sounds like it could be almost the same as the original, but can be made from chemicals and even wood pulp. Fake food, artificial flavor, not nearly the same. So you want to look for real vanilla when possible. Okay, our last two, yellow number five and yellow number six. So again, these are artificial dyes, yellow dyes derived from petroleum. These, again, are linked to so many health issues, including allergies, like we talked about before, hyperactivity in children. This is the same thing where Europe requires any food carrying yellow number five and yellow number six to have that warning quote may have an adverse effect on activity and intention in children, attention in children, no nutritional benefits. They're just used to approve the, to improve the appearance of food. And again, all artificial colors can disrupt the immune system and it can really be hard for the immune system to fight them off because there's just such tiny, tiny little particles often found in candy, fruit snacks, cereal. Sometimes these yellows are even found in like mac and cheese or chips or pickles. So we really wanna try to avoid these dyes just because they can really be contaminated with carcinogens and again, they're just fillers to make the food look better, but it can really disrupt our immune system and make us not feel great and cause hyperactivity in children something that none of us want to sign up for. So that is my big, huge list of all the things that we want to try to avoid. And now again, it is going to be impossible for us to carry on life and never consume any of these ever again, impossible. But I want to bring them up because I think it's so important. I'll make sure to have really thorough show notes so that you have a list of all the different things that we talked about. So when you're at the grocery store and you can't quite remember, you can pop over to to howtobeawesomeateverything.com or the show notes here and refresh yourself and look at this list of things because I really tried to include, some of them are not nearly as harmful as others, but also we're always learning. And I think the FDA has a lot of catching up to do on really testing things and limiting the big food companies. That is a whole nother discussion. And I think that we need to take the responsibility on ourselves. I'm the type of person where I always like to try to advocate for what I think is right, especially if I think that, you know, big companies, whether it be food or drug companies, are, you know, doing things to our detriment, to their profit. However, I think that it is the best use of our energy to just be informed, know what it is and make the best decisions for ourselves and for our families. I swear you will feel better and your overall health in the short term and in the long term will be so much better because we're just not putting all these chemicals and all these synthetic things and all these super processed oils in our body and artificial sweeteners and dyes and cooking oils and food colorings. It's just... So much processing and so much chemicals. And to be honest, there's so much, there's so many unknowns. All these things that are made with GMO corns and these thickening agents and things that are made from wood or petroleum, it is our bodies are just not used to processing this. And no wonder we, we feel inflamed, we have digestion problems, we have trouble maintaining the weight that we want. Of course, like, you know, we it, it, it definitely. With the options that we have, it is not easy. And I think the best way to do it is to be informed. Know what to look out for. Know what ingredients you want to completely avoid. Know which ingredients you want to have in very limited amounts. And sort of decide for yourself what works best for you and what works best for your family, what you're the most concerned about. And really be informed when you're at the grocery store, picking things out for your family, reading the labels. You actually know what you're reading. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I know it was a heavy one with lots of words <laughs> and lots of information, but I just think that good food, good mood, and we need to always be learning and open minded and educating ourselves and think about these things in a positive way. So rather than just, you know, writing off all processed foods as being bad for us. Finding ones that work and not thinking of this as such an overwhelming thing like, you know, I'm not a nutritionalist. How could I ever know what all the ingredients mean on a label? That's why I picked the ones that are found the most and the ones that you can say and remember so you remember what it actually is and what it does to the body, what it's made of, where it's founded so you can make the best choices for you and for your family. I promise you it is empowering and it makes eating fun. And I just like to be educated and informed. And I think that we need to take it upon ourselves to make the right decisions. We can't trust the marketing and we can't trust the packaging, not to say that we should all have trust issues. I'm just saying if something's on the shelf, it's being presented to make you want to buy it and consume it and consume more and more. So it's our job to know what's in it, know the ingredients and pick the best options based, pick the best choices based on our options. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. I love talking about health and nutrition. I think it makes us feel good and it's going to help us all live a really long time and have happy and awesome days. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a couple seconds, pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. It really helps give our podcast horsepower and takes us to the next level and um, keep bringing you content every week. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon.